Welcome to Ed's Edge, the podcast to help you live the life you've always wanted. I want to give you an edge, a financial edge. I'm Ed Meek. I'm a financial advisor with a passion to help you retire early, save more, and live better. It's often the little things, small behaviors, that can change our lives. That's the power of a financial edge. On Monday, March 9th, 2020, the stock market experienced the worst drop since the Great Recession in 2008. It was dubbed Black Monday. A mere three days later, the stock market dropped another 9%, the largest single-day drop since 1987. Investors couldn't help but look at their declining portfolio and feel worried and overwhelmed. Truthfully, I was worried and overwhelmed. We spent hours and days and weeks on the phone with our clients, talking to them, talking them off the ledge, reminding them that the plan that they have in place is set and will still work even during this pandemic, even during this stock market that's dropping. While the market shows signs of hope, it's still a volatile time to be an investor. Today, James and I want to talk to you about how to manage your emotions in a volatile market, and what to do when all feels hopeless. So as you've said, Ed, we've spent a lot of time in March and April helping clients separate their emotions from that investment strategy. But why is it so difficult for us to not sell in a down market? What happens, and this happened probably in the most dramatic way, I've actually experienced three of these types of down markets. This was by far the most dramatic. In fact, it was the most dramatic quick drop in the stock market, even, even quicker than the Great Depression. The Great Depression was very long and it had some really bad times, but this one was absolutely bananas. Um, the, the other two that I experienced was the tech bubble. That took a, a course of about three years. And, and, and the, when was that? And that was the year 2000 through 2002. Okay. The markets dropped. It was so right about when the 20 years ago. Yeah, the stock market was riding, absolutely just riding on a huge wave throughout the 90s. And it was propelled in the end by all those tech stocks. And what happened was they were way overvalued and uh, the bubble popped and the stock market dropped dramatically over about 50%, uh, close to three wow. years. Yeah. Um, and so that was one. Another one was the credit crisis a little over 10 years ago, we all know that was started by the housing problems and it affect the rest of the economy. Uh, that one dropped, it started at its peak in October of 07. And then through March of 09, about a year and a half later is when it bottomed out. Uh, pretty, pretty volatile times. But this one was, uh, there's there's never been a market like what happened just recently. And so in all of those, the common theme is we all get scared. We all believe that this time might be different, that this time I need to maybe do something to try to prevent it. We're worried about seeing it drop, 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 and we want to get out before it drops even more. And so when you say this time might be different, uh, different meaning we might collapse, what, 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 what's that concern people have? They're seeing that market drop. It's already down from where it was. They think it could go down more is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what happens is uh, when emotions take over, people don't always think clearly. Uh, people end up thinking that this time will be different. They believe that maybe 
these circumstances, we'd never seen a pandemic before. So they thought, well, maybe, maybe the maybe the stock market and the economy are going to collapse for a long period of time, and we're not going to see a recovery for long. So I don't want to participate in that. I will yeah. preserve what I have. If if uh, if I'm going to need this money, and it's not that far off, or especially if I'm retired, this may screw up everything. And they're worried. They don't want everything to get screwed up. Yeah. And so let's say I, I give in to my emotions and I decide to sell and maybe it's still going down after that. You've always told me that's still a problem to try to get out. Uh, why, why is that still a problem? Well, what you have to do is you actually have to be right twice. Hmm. You actually have to get out at the right time, which is nearly impossible because when things are riding high, you don't even think about getting out and you don't start thinking about getting out until they've dropped a decent amount. And then you have to actually wait until it gets to near the bottom or a much lower point to get back in, which is almost never the time that people want to get back in. They always think it's going to get worse. I actually have a story about someone who did this in all three. It's unbelievable. I wasn't the financial advisor for this person. I came across this person in between that tech bubble and the credit crisis bubble. And they had uh, it was a it was a couple that came to me. Um, they had had a pretty nice size retirement portfolio. Um, when the tech bubble popped, they got out, unfortunately, near the bottom, and they lost uh, close to half of what they had. Um, by the time they came to me, they still had their money in very conservative investments, even though the market had recovered some. And it, and it was a couple of years before the credit crisis happened. I started investing their money. We had a good balanced portfolio when the stock market dropped. The only clients that I had that got out, I could not convince them not to get out, and they did. They left it out, and the market started recovering, and they missed out again. They literally, both decisions in both of those markets. Um, and then recently, um, that client, I found out, did, did the same thing one more time uh, you know, on their own. Yeah. So you know, unfortunately, it's a dramatic story. And my hope is to prevent other people from doing this. And this is what we're trying to do. We don't know the future. No one does. And we don't know if this time is going to be different. But I tell people, you know what? If for some reason this is a different, and Armageddon happens, I'm not sure it matters where you're at. If you're in the stock market or you decide to get out, when, if Armageddon happens, and I hope to God it doesn't, then you know we don't have a, a game plan for that. But we do have a game plan for all these other circumstances that leaving the money that's in the stock market for a long period of time, if you're not going to need it, it's going to, it's going to come back. And, and so you mentioned game plan, right? So if I'm, if I'm, uh, I have these investments and I'm trying to take the emotion out of it and I understand, I don't, you know, I don't want to try to time this thing. I want to trust the process. What, it, what, what can I do? What does that game plan look like in your eyes? Two things for that. First, you have to have someone that you can, have this game plan with, whether it's your spouse or, or, or somebody. And the reason is because we all know as, as human beings, when we get emotional, we don't make rational decisions. And so when you're just doing this on your own, you don't have someone to be accountable to, then you're going to end up doing some things that, uh, that, that you're going to regret. I mean, I, I just another story that just popped my head. I was playing golf with a buddy of mine recently, and he said um, that his wife got out right at the bottom recently. Her advisor was trying to convince her not to, and yet she still did, and she's so mad that it came back and that she missed out on it. Um, and it's because she wouldn't listen or have anybody else. And so the first piece is, is making sure you have someone 
that you can kind of have this game plan with. Um, and the second uh, reason why game plan is so important or a financial plan or however you want to call it is, is that it helps you see how things can play out in all circumstances. Okay. Um, the stock market is not linear. You know, I always tell people, you know, our hope is maybe with your stocks, you can average high single digits over a long period of time, but almost never will it average or in one year will that happen. Sometimes it goes up 15, 20%. Sometimes it goes down 10%. And so if you have a plan that takes into account all circumstances, even the really bad circumstances like we've seen recently, and it says it will weather that test, then you're going to be in good shape and you have to hold on to that. And that's what and that's what we were doing recently and uh, hopefully a lot of other people. So you say this plan, it takes into account all circumstances. So what you're saying it is taking into account a possibility of a 30 percent drop in a couple of months, uh, even greater drops than that. And, and how would I how would I try to find some plan that can do that if I'm you know trying to figure out uh, preventing this from happening or accounting for this? What would I do? How do I how do I look into that? The great thing about the internet now is there's so many resources out there. You you are able to find some software that's available on your own. Uh, you can search for it. You have to do some work if you're going to do it on your own. Um, and and the other main way is to find a financial advisor that specializes in in planning. Um, sure. They usually have software that helps with that as well, just like we do for our clients. As I think about all the emotional piece that that you're referencing. Um, it, it's amazing to me the last, frankly, three months or so, the market's come back, right? And it, it, it never ceases to amaze me how many times there's bad news that comes out. And so can you talk a little bit about managing your emotions with the media and all the, the bad things that can tend to come into play uh, every night? One thing I would say is try not to you know, consume media 24-7. Uh, it's just very difficult. The media has an agenda. And the agenda is to create news and create fear and because it gets people to watch. You know, a lot of people are attracted to that, like moths to, to, to light. And, uh, and it usually does not help. There's a lot of things, if we go back and look at the media and what they were saying, um, that was completely wrong. And so you can't use that as the expertise guidepost. I'm not saying completely avoid, don't read, don't do any of that, but, you know, just watching all of that stuff, you got to take it with a grain of salt. What other thoughts do you have for us uh, regarding managing these emotions and staying the course? You know, when I hear stay the course, it's important, right? Everyone's told us stay the course. My advisors told me stay the course. My neighbors told me stay the course, right? Mm -hmm. But it feels like you're, you're, you're on a sinking ship, right? Right. And so you know, how can I convince myself, my spouse, that this is the right thing to do? First of all, if you're like a long ways away from retirement, you can afford to be mostly in stocks that because the stock market eventually recovers and it does very well. There's periods of time where it doesn't. But if you're a long ways away, it's going to it's going to pay a much higher rate of return than usually bonds, the other option that's available. And so if you can kind of see that and just see projections and how they do that. And historically, that's what the market's done now. Short term emotions are still, uh, you know, still ride high and they want us to make those decisions to try to get out. But again, trying to time it both ways is really, you know, get out at the right time, get in at the right time. I mean, it's just super hard. It's nobody's ever done it. The chief investment officer here, John Smith. I mean, we are constantly looking for all 
the best investments out there for people. And we're trying to find, and we've looked at thousands and thousands and thousands of strategies and managers and yet have found one that's great at timing the market. Everybody knows you can't do it, but everybody wants, everybody It's exciting, like, isn't it? it if, you, if you can time it and feel like you beat someone else, it's a good feeling. Well, what happens is there's people who do it once in a while. You know, you sometimes can do it a little bit here, a little bit there. And then what happens is uh, then it gives you a little bit of uh, a little bit of like, oh, I think I'm good at this. I mean, it reminds me of when I was a kid. I love playing poker with friends. I used to play with these guys in another town and um, I wasn't the best, but I was better than these guys. And so I remember a couple of times winning, you know, for me back then was a hundred dollars or whatever. And I remember dreaming like these incredible dreams at night. And then when I went off to college the next year, um, I was so intrigued, I studied compulsive gambling. Like I wrote a paper in English okay. on compulsive gambling. And I just learned about these endorphins that you get. You know, we're, we all know more about endorphins now, but endorphins are released in your brain, whether it's exercise or, uh, for me, it was gambling in that situation. And the same thing happens uh, when it comes to investing. If you're like, you know, and I'm talking to, you know, a lot of younger people who are just starting to, you know, Robin Hood's a popular thing and they're buying stocks. And when it's going up, they're super excited. They want to talk about it. Well, if you actually look at these people over a period of time, uh, they don't ever tell you about the times when things get bad and when they lose a lot of money. If they were really this good all the time, they'd have so much money right now. They wouldn't even need to have a job. They'd make so much <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah. It's just not reality. What I'm hearing from you is is understand your time frame when you're investing. Talk to someone else, right? Have an accountability partner for you so that when emotions get the best of you, they keep, keep you in check. And when emotions get the best of them, you keep them in check. Any other thoughts you can share before we wrap today? Well, I would say the one thing that pops in my head about the financial plan is if, if you get the right kind of software, and there's a lot of it out there now um, to help you with the financial plan, is these plans, what they do is they will run a thousand, 10,000 scenarios for you. And what I mean by that is they will run some scenarios when the stock market does terrible five, 10 times when the market just does horrendous, like the pandemic, but maybe for like a couple of few years. And then the stock market does well after that. And then someone will run really good stock markets and then bad stock markets. And so it runs 10,000 or a thousand scenarios. It's called a Monte Carlo simulation. And it will tell you how often you're successful. And if you get a pretty high success ratio, then you can know I can weather a pandemic. I can weather another correction. Uh, the other thing that pops in my head is um, when you start drawing closer to retirement, then what you want to do is you want to make sure you don't have all your money in the stock market. You don't need to have all your money in the stock market. If you have money in a safer haven, whatever percentage that is, 10, 20, 30, 40%, then that money doesn't fluctuate with the stock market. There's this stability piece that you know that you can live off of that for a period of time. It's kind of like that uh, the last podcast when I talked about the bucket strategy. If you have money in that one bucket, which everybody needs as they get closer to retirement, it's huge. It's what we reminded, if you remember, you and me, we were reminding people in the spring yeah. that you've got the safe money. You've got five or 10 or I was telling people this. We have 10 or 15 or 17 years of income off of that one bucket, the stock market bucket. We can leave it alone for a long, long time and let it recover. Well, terrific. Some some really good insight. I appreciate you sharing. Um, that's a wrap for, from this segment. Uh, now we'll transition over to Ed's Food for Thought. Ed, what do you have for us today? Well, this time, James, I have a recipe. Number one, I love to cook. 
I don't love to cook all the time, but when I have enough time and people are coming over, I love to cook for people. In fact, there was a guy this morning that I was supposed to get together with for breakfast. I did, but we didn't go for breakfast. I was like, dude, why don't you come on over? I'm going to make you an omelet. And I just enjoy seeing people really enjoy the food I make. I wouldn't even call myself a chef. I mean, I'm pretty good at a few things, but I'm no expert at a lot of things. But there's one recipe I make that absolutely everybody that I've ever made it for loves. And it's called chicken marsala. Uh, we've all seen it on the recipe, you know, at Italian places. For some reason, this recipe is not that difficult, but it's got a great sauce. It can even be done for vegetarians. I'll make it. So uh, one of my best friends, they're coming up this weekend to the place in Michigan. What I'll do is I'll make the sauce. I'll keep it aside. I'll set some aside for his wife, who's a vegetarian. And then the rest, will put the chicken inside of there. Kids love it. My in-laws love it. Everybody loves it. And so when I got a go-to recipe, that's the one I do. So, so the secret sauce, uh, how can we get our hands on it? I'm going to post it to our show notes page so people can grab it off of there. Sounds great. Looking forward to that. So appreciate you sharing. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks, James. I have been slapped on my hand one too many times by my compliance attorney. This is to put me in good standing. This podcast represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time, should not be relied upon as investment advice, and is not intended to predict or depict performance of any investment. Any specific recommendations or comparisons that are made as to particular securities or strategies are for illustrative purposes only and are not meant as investment advice for any viewer.